0: Hey, beer lovers. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled podcast and beer club. Today is our last day exploring the amazing city of Knoxville, Tennessee, and all that their craft beer scene has to offer. We are really going to wrap things up with a bang and take it next level as we chat with Rick Cox, the co founder and co head brewer at Next Level Brewing Company. We're going to taste their Viejo Norte Knox Dark Lager on this episode, and it is a phenomenal beer. I cannot wait to share it with you guys. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled podcast and beer club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are back in Knoxville, Tennessee today. I'm sad to say it is our last week here. I always get kind of sad when we're done exploring the city that we are exploring for that month because it's always so much fun and Knoxville has been incredible. So I'm sad to say this is our last week here in Knoxville, but I am here with my co-host that I've had with me this entire month, Mike, a.k.a. Hophead Huck. Mike, do you want to say hello?
1: Hello. Hello. Yes, this is the end of the line here in Knoxville. You know, not just the Hophead Huck. You know, uh, we uh, you mentioned the Beer Avengers a few times. Uh, on the show the podcast so i'm also the pale male uh sourpuss uh crispy chips when i'm enjoying a a lager
0: yeah it gets sexier and sexier
1: (laughs) i mean it really does uh decaf stan the stout drinking man
0: (laughs) oh i like that one okay how does um captain porter brown stout feel about that
1: yeah, the uh, the other beer vendors they're they're not too crazy about it because they they only have the one name mainly. But you you have you have two, so you've you've got you've got the you're the hazy lady and the the dunkle dame.
0: Uh, yeah, I got reformed a little bit, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. My, you can
1: follow my lead, just go back and forth, whatever you like to do. <laughs> just
0: like whatever you're feeling that day. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You also we got a, we didn't I don't know if we mentioned the beautiful postcard that you get in the box, right? This is great because you can send this now to people as if you've been there. Hmm. And you can pretend you went to Knoxville all week and tell them all about the breweries you went to. And, you know, if you want to live a double life, you know, this is something you could do.
0: Yeah, we're just creating, you know, healthy liars. I think it's all right. But, you know, this is gorgeous. I think it really does just kind of showcase what a beautiful outdoorsy city Knoxville is. I mean, it's just it really is stunning. So, yeah, that is nice in your beer box. Definitely makes you want to go visit the city, I think.
1: And uh, tonight we have a fantastic guest, uh, Rick Cox the co-founder and co-head brewer at Next Level Brewing Company. And we will be drinking the Viejo Norte Knox Dark Lager. Yes. I'm very much looking forward to.
0: Yeah, me too. I've already tasted this one because as everyone knows, probably at this point, I always go to the city that we're exploring and I go visit the brewery so I can kind of get a nice personal experience. And I did get to taste this one. Let's open this Viejo Norte Knox Dark Lager. From Next Level.
1: You bet. All right.
0: I love that sound. I am using a glass from Pretentious here at Glasgow, who you guys remember we featured last week on our podcast. I ordered this gorgeous, gorgeous fluted glass. I love it. My hand fits so perfectly around it. It just arrived in the mail.
1: Awesome. I'm going to use my classic Bravana glass here. It's kind of in the shape of a Pilsner glass, but I think it's probably made for IPAs.
0: I'm mesmerized by this spirit already.
1: Oh, it's got a great color. Now, oh, something wow. you all can do is hold it up to the light, and you'll be able to see some color coming through, some redness.
0: Take a sniff of that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm getting right away? This roasty, toasty finish, it's almost approaching a light porter territory. Mm-hmm. It almost tastes like a porter.
1: It's got mm. those nice roasted malts in there for that dark flavor, hints of caramel,
0: sort of roasted chocolate finish on it, where it's not like sweet sweet. So A little bit more about this beer. It clocks in at 6.62% ABV, just 10 IBUs on this guy. And like I was saying, it has that really beautiful, roasty, toasty finish. And it really does kind of remind me of almost a light porter in a way. So I feel like people who don't typically drink lagers and they typically like porters and stouts, this would be a great sort of almost reverse gateway beer. We're always trying to get people to venture to the dark, you know, when we're introducing them to beer, this is nice. If someone really only likes heavy beers and they're not really used to lagers, this would be a nice sort of reverse gateway beer for them.
1: Yeah. It's got nice chocolatey uh, notes to it and, but it's so easy drinking. Mm -hmm. So it's got, it's just, uh, I might finish this before we even get our guest on. Oh yeah, no,
0: but yeah, this is a beautiful beer. Love that about loggers; they cannot ever disappoint you in their easy drinking quality. To them, you know, and I feel like that is like one reason why me and Mike Hophead Huck are living the logger life. While you guys enjoy this beer, we're going to share a couple facts about Knoxville with you. Knoxville is the home to cable TV's HGTV, which is one of the fastest growing networks in cable history, with nearly 84 million households in less than nine years.
1: I did not know that. People might know. I didn't know this either, that in 1982, they, uh, they, they hosted the World's Fair in Knoxville. And there's two buildings that are left from that. The uh, one is called the Golden Globe, or it's more commonly known as the Sun Sphere. And I think we've mentioned that before. And the other building is the Tennessee Amphitheater, Uh, and you can take an elevator to the observation deck of the of the Sun Sphere, and you can get the the uh, signature cocktail up there. It's a delicious and refreshing fruity rum cocktail with peach and orange.
0: Yeah, it's called the Sunburst Cocktail at that restaurant. I don't know if anyone's ever had that cocktail, but that sounds really nice. Definitely a departure from what we're tasting tonight but sounds <laughs> super good and a lovely environment to drink it in. And while you guys kick back and relax a little bit more, let's learn just a touch more about Next Level Brewing. So in 2015, two of the owners, Nathaniel Sears and Andrew Armstrong, became friends after both enrolling in the professional brewing certificate program at Knoxville South College. And then shortly after, they both started working at local breweries around the Knoxville area. And then while working as head brewer at Sawworks, Nathaniel hired who would become a future co-owner, Rick Cox, who's going to be our guest a little bit later, as his assistant, where they worked until its demise in 2017.
1: Yeah, and in the fall of 2017, Rick and Nathaniel decided to start a brewery, uh, which at that time didn't have a name yet, but would eventually become Next Level, which you see behind us here. Uh, After they found a great location, they convinced Andrew to move back to Knoxville from California and work with them. They secured funding and construction began in April 2019. Then on Friday, December 13th, they opened their doors. So super new facility, new brewery, and they've done really well in just a short time. So that's that's great to hear.
0: Absolutely. yeah, And I love that they opened on Friday the 13th. I had such a great time when I went. So it was my first stop. On my brewery venture when I went to Knoxville just the other month. And I really was greeted by the nicest bartender. His name was Casey. Shout out to Casey. He actually used to live in Chattanooga, my new hometown. So he gave me the rundown, not only on Knoxville, but on Chattanooga as well. He was so nice, so sweet. Just just one of those places you can go and it's kind of like you can sit down almost like a cheers. Everyone knows your name type vibe. I felt right at home. They had this amazing food truck. In their back patio called de Foods, I had the most delicious burrito. It was like the size of like my entire forearm. Basically, it was just so simple. chorizo, egg and cheese and potatoes in a tortilla. So good. It was literally phenomenal. And I had it with this beer. So clearly, I kicked off my time in Knoxville really, really good. It was amazing. And I just had such a nice time there, which is like a very chill spot, really easy to kind of hang out. Let's welcome on our guest this evening, Rick Cox, co-owner and co-head brewer of Next Level Brewing. Rick, how are you?
2: Good. How are you, Molly?
0: Doing so good. We're happy you could join us. We are loving this beer. What are you drinking tonight?
2: uh viejo norte of course we have it on tap here at the house so
0: yeah you you mentioned that earlier when we spoke you have it on tap so you're making us very jealous so do you have a kegerator at your house
2: yeah yeah two-head kegerator we've got this and our other uh lager ball and beer on right now oh
0: man party at your house (laughs) always on draft that's great cool so rick we always like to start out asking everyone's craft beer origin story what is yours
2: so, originally, I went down to Guantanamo Bay to shoot fireworks, so I'm a, I'm also a certified licensed pyrotechnician in the state, and so we went down to shoot fireworks in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and met some guys down there over the years, got to know them. They taught us, uh, well, the first time I ever brewed was in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and uh, came back and started brewing, decided I was going to go on to school for it, and Saved me some money making beer, and now here I am.
0: I don't even get how that connected. Like, honestly, (laughs) I love a brewery story that starts out with, well, I love fireworks. Like, All right, I love it. So I'm curious a little bit about the name Next Level. So what does that name kind of mean to you as the co-owner, and how did you come up with that name?
2: Well, all of us, we, we went over names and names, names. We had a thousand different names. We narrowed it down to four or five. And then one day Nathaniel's wife said, you know, all of you all have left your, your previous jobs, your previous lives in order to take your brewing to the next level. You know, you've, you're all, you're all teaching now, you're all brewing. So why not call it next level? So, but more because of the education thing than anything, but yeah, we, we just, you know, feel like it was, we took everything to the next level. Why not name our brewery what we, what we did with our lives?
0: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And I could definitely tell from tasting your beers. I like that you guys do the little five ounce pours too. I noticed that was really popular in Knoxville. Not every brewery does that. You know, I visit a lot of these beer cities. I go to a ton of breweries. They're not all doing small pours. And I loved that you guys did that. And you didn't have to order it all at once in a flight. It was like I could order one, kind of hang out for a second, do my thing, and then order another when I've had a second to think about what my palate wants, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you order a flight, just what looks good in that moment. And you don't think about what your palate is going through after you've had that beer and it's settled with you for a minute.
2: That's that's really true.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate it. That you guys did that. What were we going to say?
2: Our bartenders hate flights because as soon as someone comes in wanting a flight, about 15 people come in behind them. So they, they absolutely hate them, but uh, they they enjoy helping the customer out and taking care of everyone.
0: Yeah, I've actually heard that that a lot of beer tenders don't like doing flights. But yeah, it's kind of different when you're just pouring them a small beer. Right. And then a little bit later, pouring them another small beer.
2: Yeah, and we have a lot of patrons that take, you know, take advantage of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I loved it. And so what are some of your most popular beer styles that you guys have?
2: Uh, probably New England style IPAs. Um, we love our hazies. Uh, We've got uh, right now we have four on tap. One is a collaboration with another brewery in town. But uh, all in all, we have four hazies on tap right now. Uh, and We we love Citra. Uh, We've got Citra Motueka, Citra and Ella, Citra and uh, Galaxy. Uh, We've got all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds great. And I was mentioning the delicious food truck that you guys have, the Dea De Food. What are some of your favorite next level beers to have with some of their food? Because it was so yummy and I could tell people loved it. There was a line down the street.
2: Oh, yes. Delicious. They're one of the best food trucks in Knoxville. Uh, And Knoxville has a fantastic food truck scene. Um, And we have good ones, bad ones. We have everything in between. But yeah, we've got some great ones. Uh, but, of course, you know, with Mexican food, it's always best to have a lager with Mexican food because you want you want to focus more on the flavor of the Mexican food than the beer. Yeah,
0: I get that because there's a lot of spice going on. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so, just, oh, sorry. Go ahead,
1: Mike. Speak, I was you guys, speaking of which the Mexican dark lager, uh, what 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 makes the Mexican lager? Because I know we have the cervezas on one side and then there's the, the like the Dos Equis style that's more of like a Vienna lager. Uh, how'd you come up with a dark lager and call it Mexican dark?
2: Uh, well, honestly, it was the yeast that we used. Uh, okay. we, it was the yeast strain itself. Uh, me personally, I love Dos Equis Amber and the, the Negro Modelo. I love those beers, and I wanted something like that, that uh, I knew that we could, do, we could at least get close to what they were doing. Those are fantastic beers made by some, some great breweries, and I'm never going to knock another brewery at all. Yeah, I just wanted something close to that just so that I could enjoy it. Really, it was very selfish for me. (laughs) I like
1: it. Well, it's worked, and I think this – I won't knock the other breweries either, but this one is on
2: the next level. Well, thank you very much. I like what you did there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you called it uh, Viejo Norte. Uh, Is that significant, the Old North? So
2: where the brewery is located is Old North Knoxville. Ah, so, okay. Viejo Norte Knox is Old North Knox. Nice.
0: Okay. So, that's the neighborhood that you guys are in, North yes. Knox. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Let's take a beer break. We've been talking a lot about dark lagers. Let's get a little more specific and learn more about this beer style, which is actually one of my favorites. So the dark color comes from the use of roasted malt, which is made by roasting it in a kiln. This causes a chemical reaction called the Maillard reaction, which occurs as a response between amino acids and sugars. This reaction is what gives foods their brown color. So for example, when you char a steak and it turns black, That's the Maillard reaction at work. There are several different types of dark lagers. One of my favorites is a Dunkel. This style originated in Munich, Germany. Fun fact, the hard water in Munich is actually better for producing dark beer. Another is a Schwarzbier, which is a German word for black beer, and it uses an even darker variation of malt. Now, don't let the dark color scare you if this isn't a style you typically drink. Dark lagers are often lighter than expected, with a smooth, refreshing similar to their golden counterparts so next time you're thirsty and you typically go for a golden lager try a dark lager instead now let's get back to the episode
1: yeah i'm looking at your uh, your your tap list it's just uh looks fantastic you got all kinds of different uh, beers and what was that the one you said was a uh collaboration hazers on stun hazers on stun yeah and that's with your friends at beard and brew house is that right yes yep Oh, we haven't heard yeah. that much about Bearden on the
2: on the podcast, so do it uh well you get involved with them so they opened about five months after we did on a much ah. smaller scale uh they they opened on a three barrel system and but they they make some they make some fantastic beer great guys uh I've known all of them for years and years anyway uh, and then when they decided to open up a brewery, we're like shoot you on. Oh, well, okay, we didn't say shoot. We're brewers, you know. We we have a language, um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we're like, all right, that's fantastic. So the longer they've been open, and me going out and doing sales and working with them, they also have a beer market there uh, attached to them, and have a great selection. I've been going out there for years. Uh, the the more that I was talking to them, the more you know, we're like, all right, let's do a beer or do a collaboration. It's not the only collaboration we have on tap with them right now. Uh, we also have Crust Fund, which is a sour. They, they do a lot of sours, and they're excellent at doing the sours, and we do more New England styles. So we just kind of swapped what, our, what, our, what we felt our best styles were.
0: That's cool. Yeah, because I noticed y'all's menu didn't have a ton of sours on it, but y'all focused on the hazies. So mm-hmm. that's a nice collaboration. It seems like it worked well for you.
2: Yeah. And you got another collab here, the, the your Marzin. Yes, we did that one with the uh, print shop. That was our Oktoberfest Marzen. Came out very clean, much better than I expected uh, three southeastern Tennessee guys to be able to do or East Tennessee guys to be able to make a margin beer that well. I was really surprised with with how well uh, it ended up turning out. But Andrew, our uh, other co-owner, he is a he's fantastic at loggers and saisons. And that's just kind of his forte. That's great. I
1: love when a, a brewery goes into the lager game like this, uh, you know, because lagers in the U S sort of have that uh, reputation of being Budweiser and Miller light. And uh, I think a lot of craft breweries now are bringing up uh, the sophistication of the lagers back into uh, oh, uh, more, more exciting and, and uh, delicious light.
0: I couldn't there. agree more. Yeah. I could not agree more. You know, how long
1: did you logger the Mars do you recall? uh marzen we lagered it for
2: five weeks oh all right nice, nice. yeah i love that yeah and we and- partnered we partnered with print shop on that one because they, they're another fantastic brewery in town i love the beer that they put out uh they're just about a mile down the road from me from where i live i go out there every opportunity that i get to have their beer but they don't have an option to be able to do a lager they're stuck they're stuck with one fermentation temperature so we reached out to them, said, "Hey, we want to do something with you, but we want to do something that you can't do." So, Jim at Print Shop, he's like, "Yeah, that's fantastic. Let's do it." Oh, that's really great. I love that. So, yeah, they they didn't have the uh, the
1: capacity. I oh, That's 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 nice. And uh, are they selling it over there? The
2: the Marzen? They yes. A couple of kegs. Oh, okay. yeah, Jim texted me today. Uh, he took two kegs over last week, and he's already sold both of them. He's coming back for more. Oh.
0: <laughs> They always do. That's awesome, right? Exactly right. Yeah. that's great, man. I wish I could taste that Mars. And this is my favorite beer season. I, I really, I've always, for some reason, loved you know Oktoberfest beers, and they're not always necessarily the most exciting beers, but there's just something I love about them. There's this familiarity to them. There's this just ease to them. They go with so many different styles of food. You can really introduce them to so many of your friends and not offend them if they're not beer people. They're just really solid beers, the Marzens and the Fest beers and, you know, just these nice lagers with nice, clean, crisp, malty backbones to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I love seeing breweries get more and more into that and realizing the elegance of that beer.
2: I agree completely. I, I love fall. Fall is my favorite season and fall beers are my favorite beers. So it all works out really well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think so many people love fall. I think it's tied to a lot of feelings to people. It's kind of like this back to school time. It's sort of like a new beginning. Mm -hmm. And I love the whole history of the Marzen, you know, being brewed in March and then it's left to lager and rest all over summer. You know, as we're meant to do, summer is meant for rest for us. And Mm -hmm. for kids being out of school, we're meant to rest. And then we kind of get retapped in the fall and, you know, open up and go back into work and life and school and all those things. And so there's something about this style of beer, but almost has like an emotional quality because it sort of mimics our life a little bit.
2: Oh, that's so that's very well put. Wow. All right. My yeah.
0: face right there was Philosophical that was, the, that was the first. Yeah, I can, I can, I can go there. <laughs> but there is there, there's something about these beers that always they do sort of hit me like on that emotional level. And I I think I think beer can really do that. I think that the energy put into it and the thought behind it and the German heritage and history behind it and the reasons why they did things. I think, you know, sometimes it's a little rigid, but I think that the thought process behind it is very well thought out and the end result and the intention behind that is really beautiful.
1: Now y'all just came from the, uh, not just, but you went to the uh, Knox brew fest this to this summer.
2: Is yeah. Right? Yeah. We finally got to go to a brew fest. Uh, COVID put the kibosh on yeah. all of our brew fest and we finally got to go to one, had a blast. I love brewery festivals. Yeah. We've missed them. I'm going to one
1: this weekend here in New York, the uh, Blocktoberfest. The Blocktoberfest.
0: Uh, so your... I was at the the Knox Brew Fest. Yeah, I was there, and that's when I came to visit you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. What is Blocktoberfest, Mike?
1: It's going to be uh, in the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and it's going to be thirty eight New York breweries, like New York City breweries, oh, wow. uh, together in one spot. And so, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a lot of our favorites. Uh, and also a lot that I haven't tried yet. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a one to four thirties, all the, all the samples we can handle.
0: <laughs> I'm being Jeez. very dramatic over here. Cause I used to live in Brooklyn and Mike is a friend of mine. We've definitely gone brewery hopping in Brooklyn before. I am so jealous. That sounds so fun. Yeah.
1: Uh, y'all, y'all have been brewing uh, hard seltzer. Is that right?
2: Yes. Yeah, we have. Um, I, I love them. Actually, one of our friends while we were under construction, he was a, a rep for a, a, a distributor in town, and he would stop by almost on a daily basis with some kind of seltzer for us to have because we were dying. We were, we were doing all of this construction in the middle of summer. So, seltzers have a very near and dear place in our hearts. Oh, good. <laughs>
1: What's the process for seltzer? We don't talk too much about that uh, here on the beer
2: podcast. Fairly simple, uh, yeah. dextrose, water, and then yeast and nutrient. It's it's pretty 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 simple. I can be done quickly, yes. Oh yeah, uh, I mean fermentation process is still about the same, but the the actual brewing process of it's really quick. Fermentation still takes you know between four and ten days uh, depending on the yeast, and then you know you filter and add your flavoring and and citric acid and everything. But yeah, it's it still takes about the same amount of time as a beer. It's just a lot quicker to brew.
0: And, you know, Casey, the bartender that I brought up, he Mm -hmm. was so great. He was the one who really showed me that a craft seltzer is good and it is not white Claw. Right. I have been mm-hmm. so anti-seltzer, not because I don't think that these breweries are making them well, but I was just like, why would I get that when I could get a beer? Like right. when I could get an amber ale, when I could get mm-hmm. like an imperial stout, like what, you know, why because I like big flavors, but he gave me a little taste of your seltzer. And I was like, this is so refreshing. It mm-hmm. literally tastes like water, almost in a dangerous way, but I could completely see that. Being very prevalent to my palate Mm -hmm. during beer tasting, you know, you've had a couple beers and then have a seltzer in between something that's very clean, very light. It's going to have that carbonation. It's almost going to kind of clean your mouth out a little bit and then you go back to your beers. So for me, I would personally use that as like a break in between my beers as like a really, really delicious break, something different that's going to kind of gear me up for, for another beer.
2: I I don't know. It's just something about the seltzer itself that just really, I I enjoy it. Uh, Like you said, it's, it's, it's very cleansing. And I'm going to show my age here a little bit, but it takes me back to when I was a kid and I remember drinking Canadian mist. I, I don't know if anybody remembers those flavored seltzers or not, but yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Nice.
1: I want to double back, if we can, to your – your. Uh, are you still working with the, with fireworks? you still uh, uh, doing that work at all or no, uh, not anymore?
2: Yeah, um, it's it stopped during COVID. Uh, obviously, right. every, everything stopped during COVID. Uh, and I'm still going to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and shooting down there. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, – every now and then I'll do a show like a football, uh, like uh, University of Kentucky football or UT football or something, and shoot those shows. But yeah, on a, on a limited basis, I'm getting older. Yeah. and I'm just not able to lift those racks the way uh, this, these kids can these days.
0: You know, it's funny. It's like everything stopped during COVID, except wasn't there like a weird firework thing happening where people were just shooting off fireworks for oh, no reason? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was Rick. It was. It was. It was him. He was doing it.
1: No, that was that was happening in New York. Uh, there was even rumors that that the government was handing out fireworks to people
0: yeah but no i think it was happening everywhere
1: <laughs> one of our beer avengers actually was uh that they had this right behind their house people were firing off fireworks every night and
0: yeah night, I, and
1: they were making them crazy 2 a.m and they're screaming and everything so after about a week she just yells out the window God stop the fire stop doing this this is people are sleeping right here and they did they stopped now, what do you think about the craft beer scene in Knoxville? You think the, uh, I mean, what we've learned so far, it seems to be making
2: uh, uh, the city a, a really great uh, craft beer city. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Uh, and, and I see it from both sides. I see it from the consumer side, but I also see it, you know, from the brewery side itself. From a consumer side, we've got fantastic beer in Knoxville. All kinds of great breweries. We're, I want to say we're. I kind of lost track once we opened up and and. And I ended up getting sidetracked with everything else. I kind of lost track. I want to say there's 21, 22 breweries in Knox, uh, Knoxville or Knox County now. All of them have fantastic beer. They all do their thing great uh, and love going out and talking to all of them. Uh, from a brewery owner standpoint, not, I think if, I, if every area in America, and I know it's not, uh, isn't like Knoxville, and the fact that all the breweries work so well together if we if we run out of a particular type of hop in the middle of a brew we know we have at least 18 breweries we can speed dial and see do you have these hops we can borrow until we get some in and uh, all—and any of them if they have it they're like yep come and get it or we'll run it to you if you can't get over here Uh, that's amazing Yeah, we've heard that a couple of times now from uh, different brewers yeah Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's what drew me to the or what really solidified going into uh, professional brewing for me was just the camaraderie in Knoxville.
0: I love that
2: when I was in school.
0: It really and I've heard that, honestly, from pretty much every city that we have explored on this podcast is the camaraderie. And it seems very prevalent in Knoxville too. And I'm, you know, it really does touch me. And it's something that makes me want to stay in this industry. I think that's really great. And Rick, I'm curious, just speaking of how wonderful Knoxville is, what is your ideal day off in Knoxville?
2: I would say I I love going to Market Square, especially uh, during the, you know, when the farmer's market's going on. They close off the Market Square area; it's pedestrian traffic only. Uh, you have to the the vendors there have to show that a certain, I believe it's at least eighty percent of their products are either grown or uh, manufactured in the state of Tennessee before they can even get a booth. Um, so I love going through going through there, and then of course go across the bridge, go across the river, go over into Iams. Uh, it's it's pronounced Iams; it's spelled I jams. But it's a beautiful nature area out there. You have Mead's Quarry. you can do uh, paddle boarding and, and kayaking and all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of trails. Uh, there's bike trails, uh, mountain biking trails. I, I'm, I'm an outdoor guy so I, I love to be outdoors to see you know especially on beautiful fall days like we've had in the past few.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Tennessee. I mean, you know, I'm not too far from you and it is an outdoors place with a laid back feel and Knoxville really, really captures that. That is so cool. All right. As we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. So Rick, your job is to not think, just answer. Are you ready?
2: Okay. You didn't tell me about this, Molly. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> clear your mind. Oh, my there's, mind's always clear, Mike. There, <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on up here, I can promise. I doubt that.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. So this is, there's really no wrong answer. All right. You ready? Yep. Okay. Fan of lactose in beer, yes or no?
1: No. Uh, how about hops, cascade or mosaic? Mosaic.
0: Home brewing or home drinking?
1: Home drinking. Uh, Favorite beer to drink while watching TV? A cold
2: one. Good answer. There we
0: go. I think that's the best answer we got all month. (laughs) Favorite German beer?
2: There's too many. I I really couldn't narrow it down to one.
0: That's okay. No worries. Um, Yeah, and you know, it is hard to choose one favorite German beer. I completely get that.
2: Yeah, it's really dependent upon my mood at the time, to be honest.
0: Me too. And it kind of depends on like what I've eaten that day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you know, I don't know how full I am, what I'm craving. It's like, you know, earlier I went and had some food and I was like, I just want a hellas lager. It, it really does just depend. So that is a hard one. But Rick, it has been an absolute pleasure having you. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh,
2: next level, of course. Love to have you all come out and see us. You know, just thank you all so much. Thank, thank you for for Bruvana and and Mike. It was very, it was a great pleasure to meet you, Molly. Thank you for coming out. It was wonderful to meet you and great to see you again. Thank this you has you clearly
0: been a knockout way to end the month. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Mike. We are waving farewell to the incredible city of Knoxville. Next month, we will be exploring an entirely new city. I'll have a new co-host as well. And I'm going to give you a hint about our next craft beer city. It's the pimento cheese capital of the world. So I am going to have to think of some really amazing beer and pimento cheese pairings for our October beer city. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Cheers. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Bruiseless Traveled Beer Club. And this way, you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Bruiseless Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.